This is TV8 by Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. TV ate my dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Brooks and Andrew. Hey, How's everybody. What's up? Hello. What's up, world? All right. Yeah. How's, how's it going? <laughs> pretty good. I can't think good. of anything uh, crazy news to report. I haven't been on in a, a little while. I'm trying to think of. I saw District 9. Enjoyed it. So That's did good. I. You guys covered it pretty thoroughly. So. Yeah. The, the forum is all over District 9 there's been much discussion well I think it's the best movie of the summer that I've seen thus the best far. movie I've seen all year probably it's the most optimistic for me because it's an original concept yeah and I really do and I give you know, it a lot of leeway just for that alone and and it, and it did deliver like I was afraid that you know well yeah it's an interesting idea but it's going to be all bleak and weird and it wasn't it's just a bunch of like, just fun ridiculous running around and gross effects and stuff it's pretty effective. There though, is one too, part that um, that I, I had actually discussed with Andrew earlier that bothers me, and this, this might be a little bit of a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, you probably don't want to listen to this part. Just skip ahead to like two minutes. At this point, if you haven't seen it, then you're probably not interested. Well, that's not true. There's lots of movies that I haven't seen in the theater that I'm interested in seeing. I just you know can't get out to the theater like, but I do want to see them when they come out on DVD. But anyway, all right. I don't understand how the ship is stuck for 20 years they they end yeah, up yeah, in, uh, above like no one's freaked out about that at all like well one of these days that's gonna <laughs> run out of gas that's not gonna no, be it but for like, Johannesburg. Uh, you, what <laughs> you find out eventually is that there's this one one or two of the smarter aliens that are on the ground are able to get the ship going again once they've gathered up enough fuel to get the little shuttle going once they get on board the master ship, it just turn it right on and go like it's nothing. But if that's true, how did they get stuck in the first place? What happened? Well, there's a lot of weirdness. Like, you know, there's been some debate on the forum or discussion as to, you know, we're, we keep comparing it to alienation. And, and sometimes people forget is like, was it, were, were they supposed to be slaves in this or is that alienation? It's like, well, that's alienation, but... At the same time, well, they're it like would a work. worker class in this one. Yeah, they're like a. It, it's the same concept where this sort of secondary citizens get stuck in the the cargo bay of the ship, and just end up on a planet where clearly they have no idea how to drive it. Like, and you don't, I don't know, know if the guy from the movie is part of the bridge crew or whatever, but the rest of them barely have a brain. Cell. No, that yeah. I understand. But what I'm saying is, there is the guy on the bridge crew. He knows how to do it, and, and so how did they get stuck in the first place? They never Maybe explained they a, that. Well, they might have had a mutiny or something. And then that guy, because yeah. it shows the thing dropping off, and then it's like we don't know where it went. It's like you don't know where this huge shuttle ship went. Yeah, even you didn't even get like, come on, man, you got to get the Monster Quest people on this. You can't like form some kind of trajectory. You know, look at it. I was like, like, I think we have some footage of it. Here's the view. It. Here's the angle. Here's where it fell. Go look. I think there were people Dang. under the ground under it when it came like, in. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this guy. Oh, it was under this guy's shack the whole time. Why didn't we look here? It's directly under the hole on the ship. Yeah. I am curious so also, I mean, I, I thought it was really neat how they, it's obviously, obviously, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's about apartheid and things like that. I mean, it's, it's completely yeah. a parable about that, obviously, huh? but I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? That's You're madness. crazy. Um, parable. But the people in the movie didn't react as strongly as I would imagine and having a extraterrestrial ship appear over your city i mean i know it's been 20 years but that would really change the way you see the I world i actually found that satirically valid like how quickly because think of you know we were just talking about this in terms of ipods and stuff like that where you know new technology comes and if you went back 10 years and told someone about like oh yeah that's awesome you're like oh that's amazing the future must be a wonderful place like no no one cares it sucks well even that's <laughs> even like even looking up stuff for this show about the internet things it's like you went back 10 15 years ago and you're like, that's amazing. It's like, it changed the world. We have world peace because we can connect with everybody. It's like, no, I just, yeah. I just talk about turds on Facebook. And stuff. Like, yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> I think really there's a lot of bit, a lot of talk about Facebook on the forum for different various reasons. But 
As Greg started but a Facebook it, but, revolution. But does, <laughs> a Facebook, the cave book. Me, I'm like to pictures of things. <laughs> I'm bored now at work. I want to start a site called My Face, where My it just face. combines the most annoying elements of both. My Face tweets. How about, how about just yeah. lookatme.com? Is that taken? Because that's what I love about all these, these sites. It's like, you know, do you want to get on our forum and discuss ideas? No, whatever. I'm going to get on Facebook and tell people what I like about things where there's not really a forum there for them to retort. Here's what Man. I'm doing right now, and this is what I like about stuff. I'm not a fan of the social networking either, and this is kind of related yeah. to our subject tonight. But I, I really do think yeah, that's, that's sort of the – I mean, people enjoy it. But. Well, and I enjoy it. I, I sound like I don't like this stuff at all, but I really do enjoy Facebook and that kind of stuff for what it is. Like, I like being able to go post pictures. But, you know, the, the, it's so immediate now that it is completely superfluous. Like, if I post 10 pictures, everybody else is posting so fast that within 10 minutes of me putting those pictures, no one even sees them on their wall. Oh, because like, there's too oh, many people just updates. got back from the Plus, bathroom. Yeah, how many yeah, friends you've got? Yeah, and I did, someone had to show me how to go because I don't I'm you know I don't care about who I allow to be my Facebook friends. That's not a big decision, but I don't care what they're doing either. So someone had to show me how to go hide them so they don't show up. The little inane comments don't bother me while I'm trying to keep up with people I actually like, not well, just ones I'm being polite to. And let me say this as well. Uh, you know, we've got the band thing, me and Andrew. And a while back, he set up tweeter accounts for all of us because we were going to like make a for part as part of our website we could tweet. And of course, you know, I said, "Well, I'm probably never going to, but go ahead." And then he made one for me, and I have like ten subscribers now, and it's I have literally, <laughs> I have literally never made a tweet. It's not all porn stuff yeah, though. Like, a lot of it I is. I saw your profile, and I think well, you so, might get yeah. Along. Well, some people like if you have certain things, like some of it's porn, but like if you have something in your description or if it's if They'll just people do that. They try to follow you, so then you'll follow them back. And if you look at the people who send you emails, it's like if they're that following over like a thousand people, then it's retarded. It says tweeter like Twitter. <laughs> tweeter. What are we even talking about anymore? <laughs> it's like is the world being written by Ruel Dahl now? Twitter. Yeah, it is, Twitter is getting no childish. idea what anyone is saying. Yeah, Google and Twitter and stuff. It's getting like childlike. <laughs> yeah. Did you tweet on Twitter? And Hulu. <laughs> Google my Facebook. Hulu. <laughs> I poked you. Big like, Google what? Gaga. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all caveman talk. It's I'm idiocracy. telling you, that's where we're headed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ouch, my balls. I'm baiting. I'm baiting. Leave me alone. Go baiting. <laughs> we just, in fact, you brought know, to you by Carlos Jr. After a few months and increments, that movie gets more relevant because I was just talking to someone the other day and we we're driving, like, yeah, they're at your house. Like, yeah, let's go watch it. Like, let's refresh idiocracy and, and its relevance to us. It's really a, one of those movies where the, the the movie itself isn't very good, but the first 20 minutes or so are, are awesome to well, me. The little elements, if I read the script, it wouldn't connect. But when, you hear, little yeah, when you hear little elements, like clips the Brando and all that. When you hear clips <laughs> of it, it's awesome. When Mike Judge well, is on you, NPR, you heard little clips of it, like, well, I guess it is good. And I was explaining it to Aaron at work, and he, I was like, well, it's about this, and it sounds better when you're describing it. And I was like, but it's really not as funny as it sounds. Oh, I, I think you have to watch it more times. The nuances, like, you, you, it comes off as extremely obvious when you first watch it, so you don't think there are subtleties, but there are. It's a Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> the best. scenario. Yeah, but people picked up on Napoleon Dynamite faster. What, it had a yeah, more I guess. universal appeal. Halfway through but that movie, you start picking up on it. When the cops come, like, to get them, and they just start shooting up the car for no reason. And then they shoot a rocket launcher, and it hits a plane, and the plane <laughs> crashes. And then they just start shooting their guns in the air, because everyone's just so excited for violence that they don't remember. It's got electrolytes. Ever. Yeah. Brando has what plants crave. Yeah. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? Just... And that clip that brought to you by Carl's Jr., <laughs> He's like, why do you funny. keep saying brought to you by Carl Jr.? Because we get paid every time we say it. It's like, I thought somebody smart would figure that out. <laughs> That's the best. I don't see no plants growing in no toilet. <laughs> but then when he first figures out that he's in the future in this hospital where they're just hitting buttons with pictures on it, like a McDonald's. But uh, he's looking out the window and he realizes he's in the future and he just sees like this big overpass highway. 
and it's broken and there's just this pile of cars under under it and you just see a car driving off the end like like they don't like the, the that is the world we're starting to live in now where we have this technology but it feels like it's inherited and we don't know how it works we just have some rudimentary idea of how to work it like you can turn it on but you don't know what it does that's what I, I feel like we're in that now and i feel like stuff like facebook is like that what are you going to do with a tool like that well, I'm going to tell people what my favorite movies are. I guess it well, – uh, what is the purpose of it? Just to meet new people? Is that what, it, is that what it's about? To me, I thought well, that the purpose like to keep of it was – Yeah, that's what I always liked about MySpace. And I do still have people that I don't really get to see very much. And you kind of keep in touch that way. And this way, instead of just emails, you're posting little pictures and stuff. So you are keeping each other up to date. But then you always have one person that's like – 20 times a day telling you everything that occurs to them. It's like Facebook is not the replacement for you actually thinking inside your own mind. Or taking quizzes like, which rock star am I? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or, yeah, what kind of Jedi would you be? Yeah, throwing sheep at each other, <laughs> starting farms <laughs> or something. Melissa's always having people like giving her cows and stuff. I don't even know what's going on. What is even, yeah, it's like the world is just because, well, I was going to say utter nonsense, but. I didn't mean it that it's way. Starting to sound old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to see yeah. that video, Sean. That's really funny. Well, you haven't seen that. I don't think he has. There's mm. uh the the Cohen brothers made a little short. What was that thing for, Andrew? I don't it know. For, it was just some film festival. For some little with... film festival, but they made a little short and it had the the guy from Josh from, Roland. Uh, Josh Roland in it. It's, <laughs> but it's really funny. I don't think that's fair for him to enter shorts and film festivals. That's a little greedy. Yeah. A little greedy, Cohen's. I think I I don't I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it just played before well, something. No, or, he, or, yeah, he okay. wasn't trying to win the awards or something. This <laughs> is something he made for fun, and it was. I mean, it's, it's really like good. a camcorder or something. It looks like I don't know. It's probably film, but it looks real unfinished. That's cool. That's like uh, Noah Baumbach on the on the kicking and screaming DVD. They have like this digital short that he made. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, yeah. Check out. yeah, it really is. <laughs> that's so, so funny. Weird. Butler and Conrad. <laughs> I love that thing. That's really funny. And it's just mm-hmm. them, you know, messing around. I mean, it's good quality for a digital, but you know, it's just like them running around shooting a digital short. Just, they're not running around. They're in that room making plans. Making <laughs> just like ridiculous <laughs> improv comedy stuff. It's really good though. Usually, I hate improv, but I was really impressed by that. Well. Filmed improv in that sense, ad-libbing is okay because they always have the, the ability to edit. I don't like stage improv where they're just like, give us a yeah, scenario and we'll play true. it. It's yeah. always stupid. But, I mean, when they're just ad-libbing lines, there's still a structure. I'm not a big fan of, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm, that kind of stuff, but not because it's improv. I just don't like that kind of – I've been listening to some, some uh, songs from a few years ago, and I've been listening to that Destiny's Child song, Survivor. Remember that song? You've been yes. listening to that lately? No, like I listen to it. a lot, you know? I got this new album, this Destiny's Child album. Like I've been studying Windows it. Down. I did, did I not preface that story by saying that I was listening to older songs? Yes. No, but yes. it's only like that one song. Destiny's Child. It's retro. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Windows Down, up full volume. Just, <laughs> I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. Doing that little head bob thing. But, what is uh, a, like you thought to be stressing, but I'm chilling. <laughs> the lyrics rhyme are pretty fun. At all, there are not two words in that song that that rhyme. I don't think. It's like, have you noticed that? It drives me crazy listening. Well, they to don't it, have to like, stay in your 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 narrow-minded song structure. They can do what they want. Yeah, really, it just sounds like Jack Black. I'm a survivor. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna stop. I'm going to keep trying. Well, if you say survivor, it rhymes with up. Survivor. <laughs> you change well, the actual like the vowel. Most basic, What's sad most is basic that that wording. song seems like, to me, like a work of art compared to some of the later songs that she's made that are people like, you know, we were just discussing Kanye and how like much he loves video her video. the best video of all time? Yeah, the best video uh, of all time. That song, to me, is, is nowhere near well, as I, interesting I as listen. the Survivor song. I haven't heard any of Beyonce's newer stuff. I mean, I liked – I mean, her solo stuff, when she first started coming out, I thought it was fine. I'm not uh, – say anything yeah, about that. It's catchy, but, you know? Say yeah, my name, she, say my name. That's Destiny's Child. <laughs> like, to uh, the well, left, it's... to the left. That's the one you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Everything you own in a box to the left. <laughs> I saw that, that actually on one. Mari once. Uh, they were on Mari, one of those lie detector tests, and the wife was on there, and she's like, 
you know, found out the husband was cheating or whatever, and she just got up and started going, to the left, to the left. Oh, and everyone in the crowd cheering, like, your your marriage is breaking up, and you're, you're saying, to the left, to <laughs> the know, left. That's, that, I mean, that's really? Jerry Springer world all over again. That's what we're dealing with now. Like, ooh, snap. It's like, yeah. snap. Uh, it's totally, ouch my balls. That's ouch what it balls, is, man. We're exactly. right back to the idiocracy again. Uh, yeah, the, the brilliance of that movie, it just becomes more and more apparent as the years go by. More prophetic. <clears throat> the only thing that I would call issue with is the fact that it takes 500 years in the movie. What and I was I saying we before. We may see that in our lifetime. Before we got into the Beyonce side talk is – um. Anyway, you mentioned some videos, YouTube videos in that Scary Gary episode. <laughs> the ghost videos. You talk you talk about the video where the guy's in the elevator and that's kind of fake looking but kind of cool. The, but the, also the split cam? Yeah, yeah, where they he like also, leans, I, walks away and there's a guy right there. Yeah, yeah. It's like an old lady. Uh, that one, that one's kind of well done. Yeah, it's I, cool. None looking. of them look real at I mean, all. I can't watch like the one with the little girl is it's a neat effect, but they ruin it because when she turns and waves, the the, the reflection doesn't just stay there. It actually makes a weird demon face thing. Oh, and the one in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I Man, I can't get it, into it watching cheesy. those every time I because I, uh, I watch about two or three of them, and then the fourth one, I'm really by the time I'm into it, I'm sucked in, and it'll be one of the fake ones where the person will go. Ah! <laughs> like yeah, screams in your true. face. <laughs> I literally I had a stroke the first time It is awesome. The very first one I ever saw that was like, stare at the car. If you yeah. look at the mist by the car, you see something. Turn to, and you're like totally looking. And I was just the full face thing. Like, Blah! <laughs> I wet myself. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> like, you appreciate a gag, that just that, that overt. <laughs> the videos, if you can find them, there's some some videos on the internet of people who've done that to their kids. Oh god! Yeah, there's a lot of videos of people. <laughs> it's fun mean. to watch like these guys in a frat house, these big tough looking dudes, and they'll be screaming like little girls when they see it. The internet's so cool though, and in and, and we'll be talking about the internet again. So it's so oh, yeah. cool I'm, that I'm a there's... fan, even though we're going to talk about the ills of the the internet tonight, the evils that it may pose. I'm a fan. Stuff like that is neat. I will say, as a related side note to the ghost thing, I, I watched Connecticut Haunting, Haunting in Connecticut, or Is whatever. Is it any good? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> it's quality. You know, it's well done and professional, and it's... I'm getting tired of... You know, back in the day, there was no quality in horror films. Yeah. <laughs> they were good. It's like, stop wasting money on production I mean, on production it's respectful. Value. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a... It's a mainstream one. It's a mainstream kind of, you know, just like the others kind of, except not as good. They've posted some, some cool looking trailers on the forum, but Gary did post the, uh, uh, what is it? Solomon Kane? They're making a Solomon Kane movie? Yeah, and it's got oh, wow. James Purifoy, who was uh, from the Rome TV show. Man, it's and the things he'll choose to make a movie out of. It's weird to me. That trailer looks awesome, though. Like, like, I'd like watch that trailer going, man, I hope that movie's cool, because it sure looks cool. I used to love that comic when I was a kid. Man, I haven't read any Solomon Kane. I have the books, you know, like the Robert E. Howard stories, yeah. and I just never read them. It was always hard to find Robert E. Howard, so I just, you know, would wherever I saw it, I'd grab it up. It's just neat because he had like a sword and a gun, and he was and a hat. Yeah, and big, an awesome big pilgrim hat. hat. Yeah, so it looks cool, man. That trailer looks really good. And I'll tell you, Gretchen posted the the fantastic Mr. Fox trailer. Have you seen that? No, the Wes uh-huh. Anderson thing. It's wild looking. Yeah, it's an adaptation of the oh this that kid's animated book. one. But but yeah, stop motion animation, and they put all this care into it's a behind the scenes. She didn't post the, the trailer. It's behind yeah. the scenes she posted, and it looked like how how they wanted everything to look real handmade and stuff. And I saw the trailer when we went to see that nine movie, and and I thought it looked fun. You know, it they looks got like a, a Wes cool Anderson voices. movie with it does. With it looks like a boxes and stuff. <laughs> It looks like it's it's his formula to a D. It just happens to have like I mean I mean it's puppets. literally I thought I mean it's not even a kids movie or anything at all. I mean the, it's set up in the shot and blocked. It's like it's a Wes Anderson movie. If you watch the featurette, one of the coolest things about it was they actually shot they actually recorded all of the dialogue on location. Like they had them acting it out in lo- you know the locations where they get the real ambient sound of the place they are and have them tumbling around and stuff like a barn. That's <laughs> so very cool. Yeah. And so yeah, a lot of good sports. These people like Clooney thinks he's going to be on this set for like one day, just in a soundstage. Like, no, we want you to roll in the mud in a barn. Like, oh, that sounds that sounds like a lot of work for no reason. 
Tell that you what, let's really go out and shoot one scene for the featurette where you show me rolling through a field, and then we do the rest in the sound stage. Can't okay, wait <laughs> to see how depressing it turns out. Somebody dies. <laughs> how many <in> characters <laughs> die? <laughs> well, it's based on a story. It's like the same writer, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's Ruel Dahl. Yeah, so. What, how'd that become a theme for the night? So that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, speaking of internet videos, though, I don't know. Have either one of you had a chance to see that show, Tosh.0? Oh? Huh? No, I've never heard of that. This is too bad. Like, if you have <laughs> on demand, if you have on demand, it's on Comedy Central on demand. But uh, Daniel Tosh, who's a really funny stand-up comedian, I've always liked him, but he has a show that in premise is is not a very doesn't sound like an awesome show he just shows clips from the internet and makes fun of them so it's like a talk soup and actually talk soup people made one called web soup that is just like tosh.0 now but i'm not sure who came first but it doesn't matter because it's it's a fairly simple idea but he's really funny and they do find funny clips and i and i enjoy that show a lot if you have on demand which you channel can does catch it come up on it. it's a comedy central show oh. I've but I never see any of that stuff when it's on. I watch I no, everything on demand. I no longer have real cable. I only have the 10 channels. I think Andrew does too now. <laughs> That's the first step. We, by going off the grid, I mean we stopped having cable and we still have internet. So what grid did cable TV put you on the internet <laughs> yeah. doesn't? Well, it is. You, you really do feel like you're cut off from the world because uh, I used to just wake up in the morning and turn on CNN just to see if anything crazy was happening. And now I don't watch CNN now. Well, I don't usually, but it's just nice to know if something happens. If something no. is going down, you can turn on something. I won't know. And, I'm like Will Will Smith in Independence Day. I'm going to walk out and everyone's yeah. running. He's like, what are you all running from? <laughs> like, look up. <laughs> look aren't, skyward, Jack. Aren't you a trained Air Force person? Yeah, really. You look to the skies. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's the funniest. Oh, Will Smith. Oh, what happened? Oh well, I think we just lost Andrew. Oh well, the internet strikes again. I guess that's in line with our topic for tonight anyway, since we're talking about the, the possible evils of the internet and cloud technology. So you think the internet's going to destroy us all? I think, actually, yeah, I think the the internet by itself won't, but I actually think it's, it's heralding some technology that it'll facilitate that i really Some kind think of like i actually think that the the, the it's going to be search engines that, that are going to do it they're, they're going to gain their own intelligence and, and yeah, the, decide the that breakthroughs they're tired in, of looking in at AI stuff are going to happen because yeah the, the algorithm the algorithms that they're developing for search engines are so advanced and they're trying to teach them context and parallel processing and all these things that we have very few advantages over computers as far as thinking and they're bridging that gap well, they're still made by us. That's that's one advantage that we still have. <laughs> You're still made by me. That's that's gonna put a ceiling on how smart you can get. I'll tell you that right now. Well, yeah, but think about how they were ten years ago. Well, that's the parallel th- pair processing thing. A human being, and you meet people who are like that too. A human being has the ability to take all these different random factors that don't seem related and actually formulate some kind of plan. We have the ability too to pull from the random. We we have a, we have the ability to, to to perform heuristic thinking. We can take something and go. I don't know how that works, and I don't know what this does, but it seems to me, based on observation, that if you do this, this is the result. What I'm scared of is not that they will intentionally want to take over, and that'll happen. But I think what you see right now is we've automated so many processes that we're we're wanting to put them in charge. I run into that work all the time. It's like with the, the software we put in, it's like, why can't I just do this and have it build my schedule for me? It's like, it can, but we don't have it do that because we want you to do it. We want a human in charge of that. It can, and based on my personal observation, it could probably do it better in a lot of cases. But... What is? What are you fighting for? Like they're like, well, that way I wouldn't have to do anything. It's like, good. Then you can be fired. Knock it out. Because that's how that happens. That's what happens. That's where the whole world is going. Why can't we set this up so I don't have to do anything? It's like, do you really want a world where you don't do anything? Is that the goal? That's that's what's scary. 
and that's where you know Brooks, you were you were expressing your your fear of the cloud, you know. Yeah, well, my fear of the cloud isn't that people will give up working. My, I have different fears of the cloud. Well, what I think is funny about you know about all this stuff when you look at the history of computers and the internet is you know, every advancement. It's just like space exploration. Every advancement came from some paranoia of, of foreign powers. Well, that's true. Because that's really where... Uh, it's all about military, really, right? Well, yeah, because, you know, it's like that's right how after... we got the internet. ARPA got founded, like, right after the launch of Sputnik. Like, 1957 was Sputnik, and 58, that's where... That's where well, it's, it was ARPA then. It became DARPA. But... Uh, the Advanced Research Projects Agency was what it was called at that time, but it was founded by the De- Department of Defense. So it's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. We want the worst possible acronym. Can we Can we get that? At least it spells something that you know, know, it isn't just a bunch DARPA. of consonants. Yeah. But that's what's funny is they, the whole reason they founded ARPA was they didn't want us to be surprised by technological advancements from other countries. So they developed ARPA... You know, RAND was actually around years before that. Like, I think 1946 was when the the RAND Corporation, when Project RAND was actually brought out. And that was the the Air Force that did them. They actually, RAND has got a lot of cool stuff because they basically developed, like, scenario construction and a lot of of the principles that you see in just basic project management now. A lot of that was being kicked around by RAND. I should have gotten the URL, but you can actually go to Rand's website and download a lot of their old memoranda. Because I actually did get, you know, there's there's an old memorandum that was like the foundation of the internet, and it's called on distributed communications, and it's all about a decentralized, which the internet isn't, but but it, it's used uses some of the principles of decentralization. But because the whole idea of that was after the Cuban Missile Crisis, they were like, we need to figure out a way to have a communications network that could survive a nuclear attack. (laughs) That's that was the basic foundation of the Internet. And that's where this this memo came from. That's pretty hilarious to me now, though, considering that we have zero attacks and my Internet goes down all the time. I consider my Internet the least reliable (laughs) thing in my life. (laughs) If I drop out tonight, and it's a possibility. They don't want my message to get out. Like, whatever. But that, that's kind of funny to me because, I mean, that was for RAND. It, RAND didn't develop the, the initial internet. But it, what's interesting about this is when we start talking about singularities and, and these, these sort of these intelligence explosions, like these, there are these epics that you look where all of a sudden people were separately coming up with all these awesome ideas that contributed to each other. And the internet is a good example of that, you know. When a, they didn't have the internet before the internet, so they were when good ideas came along, there wasn't this immediate communication. But there were a lot of different people out in the world coming up with these awesome ideas, real close to each other in the late '60s, especially. But that's like 1969 was where the ARPANET came around. And they were independent. Like, you got a guy comes along after ARPANET, and then all of a sudden, because right around that time when the ARPANET was getting developed, you've got this whole other, the, I think it's at Bell Labs, where they were developing Unix, like the first super operating system. And in the same place, but for very different reasons, they were also developing the C programming language, which became pretty integral to developing a lot of communication protocols that made the internet possible. C is still out there. And Unix is very different than it was back then, but Unix is still around as a, you know, as a basic framework. But it's kind of funny to think, and in, in these places, they were coming up, because when you, we're talking about a network, we're talking about, like, they linked four computers together, and they're like, whoa, hold up. Well, that, I yeah. actually think somewhere in this original Rand memo, he talks a little bit about, I wish, I really did read a lot of this, but it is, it, a lot of it is boring (laughs) (laughs) it's fascinating to see it but i mean it's kind of funny when you think it's like this looks like you made it you know at home and like and now we could blow you away with the graphics that we can do and he's like doing stuff that looks like you made it in paint and photocopied it (laughs) the basic principle of a distributed network like that is that you wouldn't have uh 
you don't have because it's about not having nodes at all. We still do have nodes in the internet. We still have central hubs that that relay communication, but there's there's certain redundancies and all that. What he's talking about this was like a lot of what they were talking about was the possibility of having an actual peer to peer sort of network where everything is its own node. So he's talking about a fully modular system in that respect. I would argue, though, that distributed computing that we're using right now is sort of taking a, a page out of that playbook. Because when you talk about the cloud, the, you know, the, the, the basic principle of the cloud is what we're already doing, where you have, you have basic functions that you can, you can run from an external source. And there's different ways you can do it. Yeah, and, the, and the actual term itself comes from, you know, like phone networks. Like that's how they started using that. So it's like the, what it's derived from is an actually simpler idea, not a more complicated idea. But it, it's kind of funny. When you think about that, like what people primarily use it for is like we do it on the show. You, you, save, you save data on the Internet. Like you don't have to store it on your actual computer. That's, that's the cloud. But they also have more, and, and we do this all the time too, you actually run applications from the internet. When you, you do an email, that's what you're doing. You're running an application from an external source. We've been doing this forever. What they're getting into that's getting scary that, that I think is what was bothering Brooks was the idea of you actually having your operating system. Yeah, having, on having everything online. Well, just mainly because my connection is so bad. And it would drive me insane if I was not able to do anything with my computer without being able to hook up online. But they're not going to take away your ability to run it locally. No, but that's that's what they – I don't think it's like some group of people planning to come take our windows, but I'm saying that's what they want. That's the goal. Yeah, and it might not be immediate, no, that but that's that is the, the goal. down the line. That's the goal. I think if to that's have the goal, you, all you have is a, a box that hooks you up to the internet. Everything you do exists on a server out there somewhere. All the programs you buy, all of the – you know, your data, everything that you use is out there. And there's some neat ideas to that in that you probably don't have to upgrade your, your node or whatever very often. You know, you don't have to buy a new computer all the time because they'll, they'll upgrade that. And that's cool. But until they make the Internet more reliable, I just – it's I'm, I don't want any part of it. Well, I think this is going to be supplemental. This reminds me of a debate I actually, I actually took part in in college where – the, the internet was just being, you know, just getting steam as far as popularity in the mainstream. And the, the topic was, is, is it discriminatory? Like the fact that you have these resources that are only going to be available to certain people. Oh, and, yeah. You know, well, my there's position, truth to that. Well, my position then and it has been strengthened, I think, now was that no. Because, yes, people who have more money are going to have access to more things. But the internet makes you capable of making these resources available in some way to everyone. Like libraries start to have internet kiosks and now you can go into a Starbucks. Like the internet and I and I see the cloud you know offering operating systems being the same thing. That's going to make it possible for people who can't buy a computer to run an awesome operating system. Well, I'm not talking about free though. That that's another difference. I I'm not saying if it's a free operating system that might not be so so Well, bad. I think that's what it's going to be. Because they're smart. The internet has opened up this market for, for enterprising people to make services available for free while making other opportunities to make money, you know, as a gateway. I'm looking at it right here on distributed communications introduced the idea of data blocks, which is basically the same as data packets for transferring data, which is pretty much all anyone does now. But, I mean, that was a big thing to say back then because they're like, this thing can transmit 1K. Yeah. If we keep going at this rate, we'll probably have as many as 200 computers in America by the end of the millennium. You know, like, the, the, the thing with cloud, and it's different than distributed processing. I actually think the distributed processing is a neat idea. I really like the idea of distributed processing. It's not yeah. the same thing. It utilizes the cloud. The well, cloud yeah, is but it's a, not the, the same. cloud is a grand concept. It's a broad concept, the cloud. Like like I said, we're in it now. I like the idea of uh, like like they do now if, you know, like NASA, I guess, has some kind of program where you can – they have a bunch of data they need to go through. And so you can sign up and have – sign up your PC to be a, one tiny little part of it. 
and go through a tiny little part and then they get a bunch of others doing their tiny little part and that way you know instead of having to build some super massive supercomputer they they're able to do it with just a little you know democratically across millions of little computers that idea is really smart because that yeah it's yeah, what you it's what you're it's using not, it for this is funny because I'm looking at it right here. It, apparently, it, the concept was first mentioned, I guess, publicly in 1960, where a guy named John McCarthy basically just supposed that one day computation would become a public utility. And that's basically the whole idea of distributed communication and distributed computing as we know it now. Because now you've got like research groups that are out there, and this is actually very cool, who will ask you to download and install their app on your computer and it runs in the background and they can use some part of your computer's ability to process information to do right. little bits of well, data. This is where I think that's the that's Skynet. That's not the same thing, though. I, I'm just saying because – and here's the difference in my mind. And I, I, you know, I haven't given this too much thought, but – Clearly. When you're doing that, you know, you're sending your job out to be done by a million other computers. One of those computers goes down. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the barren concept. The that's cloud the distributed thing communication, the, the decentralized though, is that okay? My operating system exists on a Google server. Something happens to Google, I have no operating system. All my data is like on one server, and it's, I'm not necessarily just talking about Google, but that, that's the concept of cloud that I don't like. Is that it's you, you, you're centralizing more than you're distributing. Yeah, People I act like you're – if they have when enough you say server, cloud, it sounds like there's this big, vast thing. But really, it's just a you're going to a smaller number of servers Well, yeah, and controlling it's, it's, a larger number of data. It's total decentralization. Case, but I, I think though you're, you're – get, you've got more servers in the mix. You just don't have as many central nodes in, because really when – the, the technology would be like this. If, if you were using an operating system on your computer, even if the operating system were online, it's going to have to cache so much information for you to be able to process it on your computer. Now, as long as Google on their end has a sufficient amount of redundancy with these servers, you could potentially – the server you're working on with your little operating system could co totally go down and you not even know it if they do it properly. Well, I, I, you know, we think that, but I mean we haven't really seen any evidence of that. I think that's part of their PR campaign is that – you know, and I, I, I like Google products and stuff. I'm not against them. I use Gmail and everything too, but I'm just saying that – we don't know that they can't be taken down by North Korea if they really got around to looking into it. I think we'd have bigger problems, though, at that point. <laughs> when, when you're well, like, I just no, lost my word, is, doc, North this Korea is totally bombed Google. <laughs> what you're talking about, though, Sean, this is not – this is well, what you're talking about. But that, the idea to me, that is not the danger. What, to our me, security, if we put so much of what our day-to-day -day activities – you remember in 1999 when – Y2K was scaring everybody because they were saying planes were going to fall out of the sky because computers run everything. Mm -hmm. And people were really scared of that for a minute. And there is some truth to that. Like what happens if we say, you know, oh, well, you got bigger problems. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Bigger problems. You know, well, I, I'm we put too though, much faith into these concentrated servers. But I'm still saying it's not a big deal if a virus gets on that, my computer, but if it gets that on available doesn't doesn't negate the availability of, of the computer to lo to locally process information or to locally like client side com like computing is not going away just because the cloud is here uh, it seems to me that whatever mac and P and windows decides is going to be the norm that becomes the norm well i don't think Man. that will become the norm because i think there's first of all there are too many people that won't be able to utilize it yeah you know, think about it Ubuntu is free. No one uses it. All right, they're paying hundreds of dollars for Vista, which they hate, because they don't they don't know how to buy into a new system. And this will be that too. Like people who don't have access to anything at all, I, th I see it as being great in a school environment. This is going to make like like the the prediction. This is going to make computing a local utility, a, a public utility, because it's not going to take away your ability to buy a computer. It's going well, it's going to give someone who can't again, buy a computer the here ability again, to compute. Man, you're talking, you're you're mixing metaphors, and that there's nothing. I have no problem with a free operating system that's run well. That. That I'm all for. I'm just, but that's not the same thing as putting all your stuff out online only. Well, who's to say that's that a, you're? But you're hmm? assuming that a, an online OS is going to require you to store your data online as well. You could well, still be storing. From what I've read, all that's the people that are. 
proposing the future. They're like, this is what the future is going to be. That's what they're saying, though, that you will right. log in to an online server, and that is where well, those, everything will be. But like those you, cloud proponents, you know, the, the, there's always technical guys that over that overthink the future, and they think like that. Like the web boom, you know, the dot-com thing where they're like, this is going to replace actual stores. It's like, no, it's not. Well, it's going it's, to it has make, in some cases. Well, stores that deserve to go, but the the bottom fell out of dot coms too because it's a wonderful supplement to regular commerce, and that's why it, it it thrives. It has remained. You know, Amazon proves that. I mean, they basically created a book sell, uh, you know, a bookstore online that could compete with all the major chains, but it didn't make those chains go out of business. I I tell people this all the time because you know we're I'm trying to sell my books online and we have T-shirts and all this other kind of nonsense and besides the obvious which is that people don't want it <laughs> there's there's a there's, there's a real concern there because people don't typically browse shop online what they do is they go to the store like I did today you know and you look at what the prices are you look at what you want and you see it in person and then if if you don't like what you see necessarily, then you go look for that thing online and buy it. But you don't typically go browsing stores online to buy new things. You go there to find a better deal on something you already knew about. And I think you know that that's the way the internet has always worked and to a great degree will always work as a supplement to the real world. And I think the cloud is just an extension of that. There are cloud enthusiasts right now that think everything's going to be online. We're going to live in a virtual world. It's like, no, you won't. We'll always need this one. It's not going to be the Matrix. It's not going to be that new Bruce Willis movie where they're all jacked in, yeah. in line with robots. Surrogate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a neat idea, but that is not – that's not that's likely That's actually a funny around. trailer because we were watching it and this is your ideal self. <laughs> this is what you choose you look yourself in a bad wig. Where you're all, yet <laughs> in your real life where you're supposed to be all grizzled, you have a goatee, but it is trimmed into a goatee and you have a perfectly shaved head. Like It would be better if he was all disheveled and weird instead of just being normal looking. In his real self. Like, if you fantasize yourself as being clean-shaven, then why don't you shave in real life? That You can make that dream a reality. <laughs> yeah. And had a god-awful toupee wig. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. So, my fears are, are primarily practical fears. I'm not worried that the world's going to end. I'm, I'm much more concerned of just... You're afraid of well, change, I'm, is what I'm you're afraid of. of. You're afraid of the future. I love the idea. Here's another thing. It's not socialism, actually. It's the opposite. I'm scared of capitalism in that. I love the idea of free Wi-Fi. Like these, they keep cities have this net of Wi-Fi over them, like Seattle or something, you know, where if you have a laptop, you just hook in and it's free. And there you go. You're on the Internet. What I have is I have to pay $70 a month to a company that sucks and is constantly dropping my Internet. I don't have – if everyone had free access and it worked consistently, I'd be a lot more comfortable with it. I, 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 I suppose that my problem with it is that – and then one of my problems is that also, like I've said, you know, there's the problems I mentioned before, but also I can't get on the Internet without paying Comcast. If all of my processing, all of my operating system and everything is on the internet and I have no other options, Comcast basically has me by the neck. I can't do anything on my computer without paying Comcast. I mean, that sucks. It's a complete monopoly. They say, well, you can get DSL. I don't even have a, a telephone line in my house. How am I going to get DSL? I'm going to have to, you know, that that's all. That's not really an option for me either. So I'm just saying. I'm. No. I, I don't like the idea. If you were talking about I don't, monopolies, I don't, but I don't think it's ever going to make. You. I don't think it's ever going to make like what the, the the situation, the availability of what we have, go away. I'm a little bit worried about connecting computers in the in the other ways that the cloud does. In and, and and really, this is a virtue of distributed communication because in a, in an internet where every computer essentially becomes a host of some kind, which is what we're moving to in some way, especially with distributed computing, it, it is like you can be running processes for for another for another person and not even know it. And in, in these cases, you're voluntarily installing it and you know exactly what it's doing, but. What I find funny, and yeah. you know, this is true, what I do find scary about the, the internet now and distributed computing and the world we're moving into is this big configure virus. You know, yeah. What, yeah. what configure has done so far is just figure out how to take control of computers. 
Like it hasn't. It's like an experiment almost. Yeah, it is. It's like a test run. Now, and and so far it appears to be doing nothing. But think about this: like in a real world, and I'm being totally serious, like the computers taking over, like AI and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of funny, but really, it's people creating malicious viruses and 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 software that don't have any intent in their own but they're following human intent which is which is the worst thing in the world you know the welchia worm like years ago that's all it did was attack windows update you know it got on every computer it could and and made every computer try to pull updates wanting to attack microsoft but in effect crippled every computer on every network it could get a hold of because all they're doing is trying to update and there's no updates to be had, so they're just constantly hammering. You know, that's the tool they're using, but it also becomes a victim. And that configure is more elegant because they've figured out, you know, they're actually working. Whenever somebody comes up with, with a, a way to stop what configure does, they're out there using the, the latest and the greatest techniques to make it even more bulletproof. It's not a gag. Like somebody's out there actually trying to figure out how to take over the entire Internet. That's like a Dr. Evil kind of situation. It really is. And in a decentralized, basically modular network, an individual component is not necessary. It's not for the, the rest to thrive. If I could contact yeah. every computer. It's like the Borg. If I, it is. You know, really. Because if I got on and I got onto your computer and I did nothing malicious and I just put one of my little processes on there, do this one thing. By itself, you can't even tell what it does. So if I have a million computers or 200 million computers out in the world, each of them running some basic process and reporting back to me, which is actually what's going on with Configure. They're doing something, and they're contacting out. We just don't know what. Like, imagine how much that I could accomplish piggybacking on every computer out there in the world. No and, doubt, man. I mean, you... You could wreak havoc with personal identification, stealing, and stuff like yeah. that. And if I were smart and I just was shooting at like simple things, basic goals, not anything grandiose or weird or crippling like most like most viruses. If all I'm trying to do is get on every one of them, take control to do one thing that by itself you can't even recognize what it does, which is the brilliance of a, of a decentralized network, and it's the brilliance of a modular sort of situation. Because I've, it's also redundant. I've got a bunch of them out there doing it. So if you take one out, yeah, it, it reduces my processing, but it doesn't stop the process. Like there's a lot you could do. The, the world is the, – this is a part of the cloud that is scary, and it's the, the basic concept of the internet. It's rerouting through all these dummy sites and servers and domains, like hundreds and thousands of domain names that it uses. So every time they figure out how to block some, there's more and more. And they program the damn virus so it knows to look for the virus removal. They got to rename the removal tools because it knows how to stop the process that's trying to stop it. Like they're at least as smart, and if not see, smarter, than the people again, who buy viruses. That's why I'm scared of cloud computing. Cloud OS doesn't contribute to that because your computer with local OS is just as vulnerable. Yeah, but if I lose my local OS, it, it's not going to destroy the the world, you know. But if if everyone's stuff is on a, a few servers, it won't, and be. those get taken out. I yeah, see, I, I don't think that you're conceptualizing what they're talking about properly, because I don't think what they're talking about is the opposite of that. It would be that you wouldn't have the need for these basic servers. I mean, you'd be using everything. Like cloud. Well, so everybody's using everybody else's computer? You're not feeding off of each other, but I mean, you're talking about I mean, a, a, an array of servers all that it can all provide the same services. But well, I don't see, think that's and, making anybody well, more vulnerable to that that's attack. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about just, you know, uh, having a, a wire go bad. I am worried about an attack. That's what I'm talking about. But a, a, a you, you guys like keep that, saying you've got a bigger problem. Right, I'm like, well, this is part of the, the problem. Memorandum again. Like, this is making them less vulnerable to attack because if you have all these redundant servers out there doing the same thing, then attack can take several of them out, maybe even the majority of them out, and you still have enough that are running basic functions. Whereas right now in the internet, I like guess you were telling me a story about I, how the internet is basically run off three servers throughout the world. That is true. Like, there was a story just like uh, two years ago where one of those things got attacked, one of the primary servers, yeah, and it, it nearly shut down the internet. And there's like four or five actual choke points, I guess, and one of them got attacked and it nearly took down the whole internet. So in a true that's scary to think about. situation, that wouldn't be possible. 
because any one server doesn't by itself have that kind of value. Well, see, yet again, that's you're putting a lot of trust into Google here. I'm not saying anything bad about Google, but I'm trying not to be cynical, but just having a motto. Our original motto was, we're not evil. That was tipping people <laughs> off a little. We refined it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, the very first motto, be evil. And that didn't work out at all. I know that you're a big fan of Google. But, I mean, take Google out of the process. Imagine it just a, a large corporation doing all this. You know what I'm saying? But how do you think that we're more vulnerable now from that sort of thing? Than that, that's a much more stable paradigm than what we're doing right now. Because we're still in the cloud right now. The cloud is only governed by, by a minority of servers. It doesn't have that kind of redundancy. It doesn't have that kind of shared processing. Yeah, but say at your hospital you work at. You know, do are all the files that you need to do the medicine, are they all kept online somewhere or are they kept on local hard drives? Actually, they're kept online. They're really? Kept on, they're kept on network drives. I mean, you, you're also thinking when you say cloud, you're using it as all encompassing. There's two kinds of there's 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 two kinds of cloud computing as far as as far as cloud data storage, too. Like, I mean, somewhere along the line, it's being stored on an actual server. It's never, I mean, the internet is not, you know, an ethereal thing. Somewhere, some people who use cloud data storage still have an internal infrastructure of, of servers that are local to them that they have access to physically. And that's the safer way. I like stuff like Mediafire where we save stuff online, but we're not saving it exclusively there. That'd be ridiculous. Like, I have, I, I have a, I, seriously, <laughs> I not? save stuff on my C drive. <laughs> I save stuff on my C drive, I save stuff on my external hard drive, and I back it up on my jump drive in my pocket. And then now, you know, I love I love the idea of both. Don't get me wrong. Well, I love the idea of well, having your data offering. on I guess not, what I read was more that the they were replacing. System. It's a it's an added level of security. You may have read that from someone who wants the world to be that way, but that's not what realistically is gonna happen. And think about it, too, because the software is not all that you're paying for when you buy a computer. You're also paying for the hardware of a, of a, a fast processor. In a shared processing scenario, you could actually have a basic processor, and then you could be doing most of your actual computing external to you on the, on the cloud. So all you'd really need is a computer that can boot up and run basic processes. But you could be getting online, and you could be making a movie. Because you're using the processing made available to you on the cloud. Yeah, I mean that that. Yeah, I mean that's the real digital democracy at work. Everyone will be able to do something like that. It's not restrictive to cost. I keep talking about the virtue of the modular system just for your own PC, because really you got to get out of this thinking of like this box has to contain everything I need for a computer because there's too much that you want. The box can work locally, make it so it can work by itself, but not to do everything that you're out to do because there's so many more options. The cloud is going to open the whole world up. Again, I'm not, you know, all this stuff sounds awesome, but we're, I, I still feel like we're presupposing a certain amount of both stability and security in, uh, in these companies and their products, which because might not necessarily not be real. I couldn't stress more strongly to people that that's where you back up data. That is not where you keep it. Oh, that, but if you buy horrible. one of these little netbooks, where are you going to store your data then? Where are you going to keep all your yeah, stuff there? You can get a terabyte external drive for nothing at all. Like to me, No, but if you're using like a, a software that you don't even have on your, your personal computer, can you save the project on your external hard drive? Yes, it's just a file. Like if you're doing a video editing or something, are you able to save that video edit Brooks, project? I'm doing that now. I'm recording an audition right now, but I save all my files to an external drive. There's well, yeah, nothing but you have those audition on your local computer, though. I'm saying but what I'm, I'm saying curious is what if, I'm, if what your I'm processing power is, is going to my computer. There's no difference here at all. Like what I'm where I'm saving my files is is a whole separate physical entity from where I'm running the computer. But regardless of format, you're still going to be able to save the file itself to to a drive whether or not it has the software installed on that exact drive. I mean, that's what that's what we do right now. Well, I'm looking forward to the day when the internet is free. And I know there's a lot of yeah. money to be made on the internet from people like Comcast, so it's not likely to happen anytime soon. But 
And it, it bothers me that the U.S., where we are, is like behind everyone else in the world, even Africa and stuff, in terms of internet coverage and, and because quality we are of internet. Capitalists. You know, we, we are behind the world when it comes to giving out free things. Well, I also think they probably don't have as many users utilizing. Well, probably not. But but it bothers me that that as much time as the average American spends on the internet, that they haven't put any work into infrastructure to actually speed these things up. We should have Wi-Fi available in in major cities. I'm just saying. I I don't know about. I I agree with you completely. I do. I I think the cloud will help make that more likely than uh, rather than less. Because what I like about the concept of the cloud is it really is trying to offer the internet as a public utility. And it's doing that in this sense where if you're on the internet, then then you have access to those resources. The next element of that is really making the internet available to everyone. I still argue that it is in the sense that, I mean, you can go places where the internet is free. It may not be out in the streets everywhere. But well, you go to libraries. There isn't a, yeah, I wonder, there isn't I wonder a person about in this that, country that can't get to the internet at all. Well, unless, if you don't have a library around or something like that. You need to reexamine a lot of things. If you really, if you don't have a library, the internet is not your only well, problem. Well, yeah, but libraries are, are becoming a thing of the past. The internet's really their only use now well, no, for most uh, people. Yeah, it's sad the, to say. The, but What libraries provide is changing. Libraries are not becoming a thing of the past. They're becoming a thing of the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their, their, their primary concept now is more like a data lab. Like the, the libraries of the future. Where I know there was a lot of talk about online. the Google Books stuff on the forum. That's the libraries are kind of, you know, half and half on how they feel about that too. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like I don't want the books in the library to go away and I don't want books to go away and I don't think they will. But, you know, for people who don't have access to those books, if they could read something online or download, like, I think LibriVox is great. Like, people do, you know, volunteer readings of books in the public domain. You know, you can download and and listen to a a great book. You know, I I think those are the ways where the future is really starting to shine. I'm I'm afraid that by opening, when when we create communication like that as we are, you know, obviously, like the first thing we thought of when we came up with the Internet is like, well, porn, right? Yeah, well, sure. Well. Of course, porn. I, I didn't mention that because we were already on that. Let's just assume porn. Like, well, now we've really got it fast. Like, well, we probably could do music now, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. And like, now it's really, really fast. Can I download whole movies? Yes. Porn movies? <laughs> yeah. My porn movies. Yes. You know what's wild? Andrew sent me this uh, just a little link a while ago that showed some websites when they first launched, just to see how things have changed. And YouTube launched in like 2005. I mean, that's that, wild. That blows my mind. I it feels like it's been around forever. Well, here's this, there's an interesting historical note there. You know, you back in the kinescope days when they first invented film. You know, you were literally going, and it was a hand crank, and like the first one of the most popular movies ever. It sort of is idiocracy in a weird way. Was a sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> like you would just go. It was like a novelty. You know, these old Nickelodeon kind of things was like pre-Nickelodeon, but where they'd go and they would just pay to see, like just because a moving picture was such an amazing idea. And that's what YouTube was in its original idea. It's like, look at this. I'm watching a video on the computer. It's not uncommon for me to have four or five windows open at a time, and they'll all be playing an ad all of a sudden. I'm like, ah, chaos. What is happening? The the thing that creeps me out the worst is when you get get on a site and it has like a person walk up on the screen like, hi, welcome to Napster. Let me (laughs) – jeez. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like – I remember when this used to be a much more passive experience. Now there's actually like a lady that comes up and goes, hey, Sean, what kind of music do you like? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't like that at all. That's I love creepy, the man. Internet, man. I, I'm coming off like some old fogey. and But it's not the I concepts think you're just showing themselves. Your ignorance. Yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> you're just showing your, your ignorance. <laughs> don't feel bad. Again. You're not old. You're just, you know ridiculously uninformed <laughs> yeah you're just like like dirt stupid <laughs> yeah, really is. yeah it's like trying to explain color to a blind person <laughs> i just don't trust corporations behind these things and 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 not that I, like I think there's this, an ill will there more that i think there's an incompetence there oh yeah the, the, and the more power like you give to them 
you know, it's, the, the decentralization is making it so that these corporations, the internet is more and more being run by the people who, who access it, like by the consumer. It's, it's a fascinating idea. It's putting it in the hands of the people who use it. And, and they're learning that that's where the money is to be made. It's like YouTube's like, instead of creating content, let's just let any moron put anything they want on here and then we'll put ads on it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It is. It's awesome. And and as the technology improves, you know, also distributed computing and, and, and cloud networking is going to make it a lot easier for them to provide more services like that, which is going to increase what you can watch, you know, because every epoch in, in the, the actual technology has brought an epoch of what we can get out of it. It's like, oh, well, we can do pictures, so then just porn pictures. So like, okay, well, now we have enough where you can do, like, something the size of an MP3. Like, well, then now you can share music. It's like, now we can do whole movies, well, we'll share that. You know, each time that they have the physical capability to allow more, we're doing more on the Internet with it. So it's kind of fun to see how the future is going to evolve based on, you know, the technology making more stuff possible. That's what I love about it because they figured out how to passively make money. And I think it's amazing. It's like let's to, – to be able to provide services at no cost to the consumer where you still make money is the perfect form of capitalism. It actually proves I don't think that they've actually made work. money on YouTube yet. From my understanding, they haven't. Well, apparently they, they pretty – you set yourselves back. you got a few years to work off. Yeah. $187 billion. Like, man, I don't know. we got to stop making bids when we're drunk. I didn't realize there was that many zeros. And people will pay just for the eyeballs. That's the thing. They're like, we have a billion eyeballs here. We could, you know. Well, it's true because if you're wanting to tap into the zeitgeist, that's an easy way. I mean, you can start putting stuff out there without having overt advertising. You're still affecting the market. Because what I like about forums and what I used to like about MySpace with the blog and stuff is like you'd post a blog and then just forget about it. And then anytime somewhere along the line, it's there static pretty much forever. Someone would come post a comment like a year later and you're like, oh, a new comment on my blog. That can't happen on, on Facebook because there's this constant scrolling wall. But I mean, you, other people are putting stuff on there. I mean, everything you put on there, I mean, no one's scrolling down to see what someone said yesterday. It's already a thousand things. It's lost immediately. It's, it's like saying something out loud. You know, at least when I there you have a blog, you've posted something, and you know it's going to show up in a Google search or something. Yeah, it's there, but but the Facebook thing, it's like uh, it phases out. I I I love the internet. I just want to go on record to say that it has changed. Our, you know, just the idea. Well, truly, this podcast. That, this well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just, just the idea that back when we were at the radio station. We would talk on the radio, and that was awesome. We're like, you know, people could listen to us, and we might have had 10 square miles of coverage or something. Probably more than that, but maybe not. We were like 500 watts. But okay, I mean, you know, strangers could listen to us, and and that was neat. But this this would have blown our minds back then, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, and and to me, that radio was was more comparable to Facebook. Because it's the same thing. It's this sort of ephemeral. You throw it out there and it's gone. Whereas, you know, to me, you know, if I have a, a blog or something where I actually – like even with this, I still get people with the podcast like, well, when is your podcast on? It's like it's the internet. It's always on. Yeah. You download it. Like you get it. You can listen to it anytime. It's on demand. It's on there all the time. It's not something – when you're doing a radio show, it's equally <clears throat> frustrating because if you don't get that feedback right then, you never know if anyone's listening because it's on, it's out there and it's gone. This this show, people are like, oh, I like your podcast. I went back and listened to your whole back catalog. You can't do yeah, that I mean, that's in awesome. radio. Well, you could if you combined it with podcasting. Well, I mean – but what so, I mean is in that forum of it – Yeah. I'm going to – I'm gonna let me try to see if I can just start the conference over. All right. Andrew? Nope. <laughs> Answer me, you son of a bitch. I am shocked it's not me. I really am. Yeah. Uh, my finally. internet has been so spotty lately. Finally, yeah. Somebody else is the weak link besides one of us. Oh, my internet's been infuriating me. Because, you know, I use it for work, too. I, I, I log on to my work computer and do there stuff from home. So when the internet goes out, that's a problem for me. It's not just annoyance, you know. We we talked about this a little bit, but you know, the internet has become something you have to have now. 
Well, my parents don't have it, so it's kind of... I'm talking about us. Hold on, there's yeah. he's coming back. Hey, can you hear me? Hello? Hey, yeah, I can hear you now. It Well, it sounds a little hollow. What happened? <clears throat> Andrew just converted you. to cloud computing. You see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's using his cloud mic. Oh, no. Did you actually stop it recording, too? Oh, that sucks. All right, then. And uh, this is probably going to... Are you going to make this a two-parter, you think? I'm going to have to. You think I'm going to have to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I have to now. Okay, well, well you, I think we can probably continue this discussion in, in a part two. I think we've got enough to talk about. No doubt. There's more than enough to talk about. We, we probably won't even get to everything in that. So. so, yeah, I have a feeling I know what we're going to discuss. <laughs> I, I, I'm having a prescient feeling here. Um, all right. TVAMyDinner.com is the website. Let us know what you think of part one and uh, tell us what you want to hear in part two. It's not going to matter because we're going to record that right now. It's already yeah. happened. But, but Forum dot. Yeah, really. Time has already yeah. happened. It's not linear. <laughs> like, that's a funny way to say it. Time has already occurred. It yeah. is real. Yeah. Forum.tv8mydinner.com. Go there and... Where you've uh, already written on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and read the post you've already written in the future. Awesome. Okay. My name is Brooks. I'm Sean. And I'm Andrew. And uh, we'll see you next week. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. This is going to be a motherfucker to edit. Especially with my two parts. Get it started. (laughs) I hate you all.